0: All right. Hello, my fellow hemp nuts. Are you ready for the cannabis bonanza? Yeah. (laughs) Welcome to the New Hemp Time Show, recorded at Gotham Studio, the sweetest smelling podcast studio in the world. Yes. Today's episode is partially powered by McSorley's Chili Dogs. McSorley's Ale House, the oldest ale house in the United States. McSorley's, you can't beat it. And we'd like to give an old-fashioned thank you to our friends Aaron, Dennis, and Caitlin at the Five and Dime. And we'd also like to thank our Patreon supporters. Yes, thank you. We need them. We need you. Today in the studio, we are joined by the unapologetic sharecropper, actor-comedian, Randy Cameron Jr. What's up, folks? (laughs) And and on the science side of the table, I'm one of your token cannabis researchers, Jehan Marku, also joined today by Stacia Woodcock, a PharmD, and Jan Roberts, our resident clinical social worker, making sure we are mentally fit for the show. So today, before we go to the check-in, I just want to start with our word of the day. And so... Uh, Female cannabis plants have something on them that's pretty special, and those are called pistols. Oh. And to separate that from male and female plants, just remember the old song, Pistol Packing Mamas. <laughs> <laughs> so, so a pistol is the female cannabis plant sex organ, and to a, a you know, a normal home grower, you see these hairs produced from calyxes and they change color during the growth cycle. So early in the growth cycle, they are completely white. Then like, you know, around week four to six, they you see the first orange, red and pink ones around week seven to 10, um, they start to turn red, orange and brown. And basically, if pollen lands on these, your plant will stop making as much resin and start making seeds. So the you cannabis, yeah, you don't necessarily want that unless you want seeds. Unless you want seeds. <laughs> Which we don't, <laughs> <laughs> so that's our word of the day pistol, the cannabis uh reproductive organ, pistol pack, and mama's only female plants have them.
1: Whoop, whoop. And- <laughs> That's it's all right. about the vagina today, Damn guys. Right. It is. We've got some power in this room. No The tables balls. have finally turned. Finally. Finally. It's, it's about been time. me against right. three guys. I got and you. I'm so
2: happy it's at least 50 50. <laughs> at <today>. least, right?
3: <laughs> hey, I'm on your side today.
2: <laughs> Wise choice, my friend. Right. Oh, it's I all learned. of us
1: against you, Jay, Han. Just Bring it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I have
0: um, enough can of facts for all of you.
1: I know. <laughs> <laughs> you will always win. So I, I have to tell you, though, I love the imagery of that Pistol Pack and Mama. And um, we are just so super excited uh, today and to have our special guest. And before we do, we usually do our check-in. I just want to check in with my colleagues. And the reason I do this every week is it's really important for us to have our listeners know us, kind of know who we are, what we're about, and also to kind of check in because we are all friends here at the uh, New Hemp Times. And so today I just wanted to kind of check in with my compadres and, and then we're going to kind of get into some fun content. So first, Jahan, how are you doing these days, Dr. J?
0: I'm good. I'm good. I, uh, I was actually mentioned in the newspaper for non cannabis reasons in my mm-hmm. hometown of Sacramento, California. Really? My old haunt when I was a kid, the comic book store closed down and <laughs> I used to do odd jobs for the guy to get like, you know, get box of cards and stuff like taught his daughter to swim and all this stuff. And he mentioned that story in the paper. He's like, there's this kid who used to come in. I thought he was really sketchy. He did all these things. <laughs> and then, then one day he showed up and he was a doctor. And he's like, that was like his like interview with uh, the Sacramento Bee <laughs> was like talking about our interactions together. And I thought nice. that's pretty cool. Oh, that's nice. cool. We well, you were th- get that, <laughs> memorable. <You're> that
1: memorable. <laughs> that's really we've been, sweet. We've, I've heard yeah. the word Renaissance man being like touted about Han so much this week that it's been kind of funny cute but also a little sickening (laughs) (laughs) i'm just kidding but he does everything you know every you are one of the most memorable characters i've ever met
2: (laughs) but anyway
1: so next i'm going to kind of shift the focus to my buddy randy the farmer so what have you been up to
3: so missed you guys last week i missed you yeah we uh Up on Cape Cod. Yeah. And we did a nice build up there. Massachusetts is legal, as everybody knows. So every house can have uh, 12 plants. Yeah, So Brooklyn Sprout did a little clone program that we started and we were able to keep some moms up there, some tasty moms in a nice little greenhouse we did at our new uh, partner, Billy Munson. So Billy Munson should be looking uh, chiming in today and we did a great job with that project and oh awesome. now it's cool
1: oh that's cool yeah that's cool yeah well i had a really good week i got to yes uh,
0: how are
3: you doing uh, Jan? yeah i'm
1: checking in i, I just Jan. self-care Doc jam needs self-care too people
0: you spend so much time on us <laughs> we need to hear <laughs> from you oh
1: geez uh it's been good it's really been good just kind of feeling like what it's like to be in such a fun workspace. And um, we've grown a lot and got a new office and and are just really kind of doing some fun things and meeting new great people. And one of those things, it's just such a pleasure to do this. But one of the reasons that I'm bringing that up is because the person we're about to talk to today, uh, we met actually. Uh, what is it? You work with the Associated Association of Cannabis Specialists. What do you do? I'm I'm their
2: education chair, so we put together a weekly online lecture webinar series. And Jan gave us a wonderful presentation, and we connected
1: that way. Thank you. I know because we kept missing each other. I know. We're
2: like literally, (laughs) like, look, just
1: let me. I'll do it. Let me just do it. I don't have time. You're like, I don't have time. We're like, we're on it. We're good. We got it. And that's and I love that was the way we started working together. It was kind of like that, but um. What I what I really liked, uh, anyway, you're, you know, what I really enjoyed about you is how much you make cannabis approachable for everyone. Yeah, and uh, of course, your name, and I didn't say that uh, say this for our podcast listeners is uh, if this is this Stacia Woodcock.
2: Hello, hey. <laughs> Hello. I'm being so rude. Welcome. I'm leaving. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> but Stacia is
1: actually a doctor of pharmacy. Mm-hmm. And um, can you kind of tell us a little bit about what that does? And- yeah,
2: so I ha- it's it's more of a um, clinical pharmacy degree. Yeah. Um, it previously was a registered pharmacist. Now it's all a PharmD, doctor of pharmacy degree. So I'm a legit pharmacist. I yeah. get asked that all the time in the cannabis space. They're like, oh, you're a cannabis pharmacist, but like, are you a real one too? I'm like, no, yeah, I am I have a, a doctor of pharmacy degree. So in New York, we're really lucky that, um, or I think we're really lucky. Maybe I'm biased that way. But I think we're really fortunate that all of the dispensaries, the medical dispensaries, Sensories here are required to have a pharmacist on staff. It's so important. Yeah, and so that's sort of so how I came into this. Um, I moved. I lived here for a long time, moved to Massachusetts. And then when this sort of happened, I came back to New York for this opportunity to be involved and help uh, train pharmacists clinically so they know what Mm -hmm. they're doing because we don't learn this in pharmacy school. We don't learn it in medical school, as you guys know. Mm -hmm. So it's a steep learning curve. So just because we have these pharmacists, they need to know what they're doing. So um, that's sort of where I fell into the industry and now I'm with Cureleaf and it's great. And And so you work with Cureleaf. I do. I work for Cureleaf, one of the registered organizations in New York. We're a national company as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I focus in New York and I do the majority of our clinical training and our practitioner outreach because doctors have to be trained too. Right. Right.
3: (laughs) And Cureleaf is, explain to me again.
2: Cure Relief, we're one of the registered organizations, we're Uh one of the medical cannabis dispensary companies, we're licensed in New York, and I think 14 other states right Mm -hmm. now, yeah. Uh,
0: Why is it important for pharmacists to be at dispensaries?
2: Right, so cannabis is a medication, first and foremost. Yes. Um, even if you're using recreationally, most likely you're self-medicating I call it in some form use. or another. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but with it, it comes drug interactions. Yep. Um, there are contraindications to specific disease states. And most of the patients that are coming in, especially with a medical card, they're complex medical patients with lots of other disease states, lots of other prescription medication. They don't know how to incorporate this into their regimen. And these mm-hmm. are they're used to like taking pills, right? They're not used to cannabis medicine. Sorry. When you tell them like you have control, they're like, "I'm sorry, what? That's terrifying. I don't know how to do this." And so, um, they trust pharmacists, you right, know. So right. just telling them, "I'm a pharmacist. I know what I'm talking about. This is how you do it." It establishes that trust. Yeah. We're what America's most trusted profession, I believe. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. And so, well, it just I did um, that. Yeah, yeah. So, do so you gives, mean you
1: beat therapists? I'm being. I oh, know. Oh. what does that got, say about my, my job?
2: I mean, we've been giving out free advice forever, right? Like when you go to the pharmacy, you're like, I have a cold. Excuse me. Lady, number one. I what do I take? What right. do I take? I mean, this is right. our MO. This and is what we're used I'm to. And of course, I'm like, I'm
1: sorry. This is how much I charge.
2: Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't I get to do that. But <laughs> uh, by the same token, like in retail pharmacy, people are coming in and, um, you know, they don't want to talk to me or don't want to listen to me or they're on like 12 drugs and then 12 more drugs for the side effects of those drugs. Right. And in cannabis, I get to sit down and have you know, a 30, 45 minute real conversation about what's going on with them and what they're looking for and how to taper off their meds. And it's so, so much more rewarding, mm. yeah. I feel like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Wow.
1: I yeah. wow. Well, first off, I'm just so grateful that you're here. We, I love that even though there's only one person who's, female on the crew that they let me kind of say, hey, and they're like, you know, these are important things. We do need to have all of our listeners, whether you're female or male, really kind of understand what goes on and how cannabis can be beneficial. And so (laughs) when we were talking about certain topics... And I've been like, we've got to talk about women's health issues, especially like pregnancy, or what about, you know, gynecology. I've had lots of gynecological problems, and, and we've got to kind of educate women mm-hmm. because right now we're it's a war on women, I believe, just with everything <laughs> going on in this country. That we need to be able to have co- more conversations around women's health, and um and so. These guys are like, yeah, we need to do something. And when I met you the other day at the expo, it was just like, oh, my God, (laughs) we have to have you in. And Jehan, who's like genius, he was so excited about you coming on, too. And Randy as well.
0: I got really excited when I saw that endometriosis paper. Yeah. I was like, someone else yes. likes cells and migration. <laughs> and-
2: oh, I'm a <laughs> complete nerd.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh,
1: but it just, it spurred a lot of us to have these questions. So I, I'm i just going to kind of shut up and turn it over to Jehan because he has these, you know, we, we have so much that we want to talk about. Today. I'm excited. Yeah. Let's talk about vagina. Uh, oh, oh, <laughs> well... We, we can-
0: well, I mean, yes, I have Jay kind Hun, of,
1: talk about the vaginas. We did
0: talk about <laughs> tampons a, 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 fair, a fair amount last episode, but just to start, kind of generally, uh, you know, a lot of pe- people who are health professionals or scientists get into this. Kind of have an aha moment when they hear about the endocannabinoid system. And I was kind of wondering, was there a moment like that for you where you saw something or read something and you were like, "I want to learn more about this." What?
2: Oh man, that's. That's a tough one because from the first, honestly, when I was first approached about working in cannabis, I was like, right, it's just a way for people to get high legally, yep. which is what everyone thinks, right. you know, the uppity healthcare professional that I know everything. And so I started looking into the research, and I think one of the first papers I came across was Ethan Russo's about clinical endocannabinoid deficiency, oh, and it talks fine. about fibromyalgia, yep. um, irritable bowel, and chronic migraine, which women— like most of the time this is yep. a huge percentage of women that have these um, different symptomatology yep. and these are things that women have been told for years are psychosomatic that it's in their head mm. and they're yep. given antidepressants and they're given anti-anxiety and medications. Know, and we know and, the
1: history of that where we used to have where women were basically seen as crazy you know um, hysteria is an example of that. Absolutely. You know, And we tend to label women with bipolar, or not bipolar, but borderline personality disorder mm-hmm. so so anything that seems a little emotional or dramatic is characterized as some kind of character flaw. Womanly
2: female hysteria, than, right. There's
1: a lot going on.
2: There is. <laughs> but I mean, for me to read that there's a direct correlation with these yep. and the endoconial, I was like, yes, yep.
1: this is the answer we've been looking for. <laughs> Can I tell you, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but that article that you're talking about was behind my epiphany about mental health. Oh, that's amazing! And that's why I'm just like so geeked up right now Kindred, because I love. I know. It. <laughs> I, we knew we were. Yes, we knew
2: absolutely. <laughs> uh,
1: but seriously, I read that article and it was like, oh my god, if it does all of that, because I love the mental health component of component of fibromyalgia mm-hmm. and the connection there, and I'm like, this could explain everything is that 100%. what your epiphany was yes mm-hmm. yes and that's really what got me like i'm committed to this that was before i ever met jehan and so it's just been kind of this great evolution it. <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: thank you dr
1: russo thank you dr russo
0: so uh the next question is i want to jump into talking about a product or two we see a lot of Products starting to be marketed towards women's, women's health, you know, for obstetrics and gynecological issues, uh, things that go in vaginas. And <laughs> human beings have been doing this since ancient Egypt, right? There's things. like, there's recipes in the old things. papyri <laughs> or scroll, scrolls, like this is, you know, some honey, some cannabis to treat this condition or that condition. But looking at some of these products, which are essentially like vaginal suppositories, um, I'm seeing discussions where they, you know, companies will say on their website, oh, if THC is illegal where you are and you can't get it, just use CBD. And I was wondering, what is your take? Uh, are there, you know, if a patient came in and wanted to use one of these products, what might you say or what would be some guidelines or what do you think about these products?
2: Yeah, so I think vaginal products are amazing. Um I think it's nice to see products for women's health specifically. Um they're few and far between though. Um so I think it's important to know that you can use cannabis oils vaginally mm-hmm. as well. Um as long as they're not alcohol based or water based, anything that's MCT oil based is going to be best. MCT. Uh coconut oil, okay. medium chain so, triglyceride. See, you guys are those chemistry <laughs> nerds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't I'm like, duh. Yeah.
3: CT. I thought it was a rapper or
1: something. <laughs> it does kind of sound like it. Right? Yeah. Oh my god! Okay, get, what, what, what would he rap about? Yeah,
3: exactly. Oh my god! I have a no,
1: new- loop. <laughs> well, we he are talking about vaginas today.
0: Vaginas <laughs> <laughs> So,
2: it and, gets fun, right? So, so um, the important thing to know about those is <laughs> anything that um, is coconut oil-based can interfere with latex condoms. So that's a What co- do you mean interfere? It can cause them to be more likely to break, mm, which wow. is obviously not a good thing unless wow. you're trying to conceive. And then it probably is a good thing and you aren't using them anyway. Um but, um so that is an area, you know, you should pay attention to. But when we talk about concentrations of THC and CBD, especially for women's health, one of the things that I always um, talk about a lot is endometriosis because um by and large, we look at THC and we think pain. We want as much THC as possible for pain relief and endometriosis is incredibly painful with the muscle cramps and everything else that go with it. But um, there was a really interesting study um, that shows one of the issues with endometriosis is that the endometrial cells Actually migrate outside of the uterus and can adhere to other organs. So that can cause exacerbations of endometriosis, make the pain a lot worse. Mm. And obviously that's a bad thing. We don't want that to happen. And the, um, THC and CBD have different effects on that tissue migration is what we call it. So CBD helps suppress it, but THC can actually increase it and exacerbate it, which I think is not common knowledge unless you're nerds like me and Jehan where we read. Yeah, it's so
0: weird because (laughs) this was so weird about the endocannabinoid system is if you look at like traumatic brain injuries or, or heart attacks where there's a lot of inflammation, THC will actually slow the migration of certain immune cells to the site. So mm-hmm. it's not, you know, if you've read, just because you might be familiar with, you know, cardiology in the endocannabinoid system, doesn't mean that it applies to other systems.
2: Exactly. So again, this is why having a cannabis clinician who either, Um, talks to you about your medication or the pharmacist in the dispensary is really important. Because if you look at some of these sites, they're like, oh, you have endometriosis. High THC is for you. And actually what they recommend clinically is, um, and I know we do the ratios backwards in New York from everywhere else, but um, something that's a one to three. So three times the amount of CBD in ratio to THC Mm. is the highest you would want to go THC wise if you have endometriosis. Say that one more time. So three (laughs) times the amount of CBD to THC. Yep no more THC than that. Mm. So even like a 1 to 1 ratio, yeah. which is kind of like the baseline that we recommend for pain, is a little too much THC that can have an issue with that tissue migration.
3: Mm. Interesting. And is there timing with like when pain is onset and when you need to start chilling with the THC and maybe up CBD or or will it bring pain on or You mean when you like when do you so, use it like when, when do you use it in
0: before the pain gets
3: yeah. to a certain right. level
2: yeah right. i mean you want as soon as i mean usually you, you, you feel should, it yeah as soon as you feel it and usually like you, if you have endometriosis you know when in your cycle it's bad yep. so i would recommend starting like a day before you usually start getting an yep. exacerbation of symptoms or as soon as you start mm-hmm. to feel them come on yeah mm-hmm. can i ask uh, i want to ask another question
1: and this isn't really so much about endometriosis but i'm talking about pelvic pl- pain or you know mm-hmm. gynecological pain mm-hmm. like for years i had middle spurts. i think that's how you pronounce it syndrome where painful ovulation and I've had lots of cysts I, as I've gotten older, having fibroids and, and just all sorts of gynecological issues. Mm-hmm. So would something that could be cannabis-based actually be helpful for those kinds of pain yeah, issues
2: as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. And keep in mind that just because we're treating um, like uterine or ovarian or vaginal pain doesn't right. mean it has to be applied to the vagina, right? right. You can still vaporize, uh, use sublingual oils right. and things like that, and they'll, that'll give you even more prolonged relief. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can use it preventatively, and you can also use it symptomatically. Wait,
1: so you're saying, when you say more prolonged relief, so the um, products don't last as long if you use them vaginally?
2: Um, if you're vaping, okay, right, that's not going to last as long. Vaginal, as if it's vaginal, yeah, and vaginal is going to be more of a topical. I mean, you're going to get yeah. some absorption into the bloodstream, but not yeah. as much as if you take it so you rel- sublingually or, or under the tongue. Yeah.
0: Do you avoid the first pass? Through the liver by applying it vaginally. Yes, you do.
2: Interesting. Yes. And what does
1: that do to the common person? What so does that
2: mean? it's going to work faster because it gets right. into the bloodstream a lot faster. It doesn't have to be metabolized out into the liver, and then you're also not going to get all of that like really heavy psychoactivity like you get with edibles because right. all of the THC isn't being converted into the eleven. Have you guys talked about? This? Yeah. <laughs> so when you
0: take an edible, the reason it takes two to right. forever to kick right. in is because your liver has to turn into eleven hydroxy THC, mm-hmm. as Stacia mentioned. So that whole thing is, that complication is is not an issue.
2: Exactly. That's crazy. Yeah, so it works a lot faster to use it vaginally for sure.
1: Oh, wow. Wow.
0: Cool. Um, So, (laughs)
1: guys and plans.
0: (laughs) All right. Uh, So, is there a, Case for using cannabis products. Can can I ask a question though?
1: It's it's actually about that. So my question is um, would it because I know that there are some for, you know, rectal suppositories. Mm -hmm. So would it would it have that same kind of mm-hmm. yep. time thing? Yeah, so. you see, rectally Rectal and vaginally, vaginally are very similar. Okay. Yeah. I, that was all I wanted yep. clarification on because I know that not all of our listeners have vaginas.
2: Yes. Men there. can use it rectally. Yes. For pain. Exactly.
1: And, and it's great for people who can't hold down or can't mm-hmm. inhale. Or, Absolutely. You know, hold down their food. And mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, I think it's beautiful that people can do that. Mm-hmm.
3: Are we in, streamed in the state prisons?
0: Any
1: oh,
2: my God. <laughs> oh, my God.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, to follow up on Randy and Jan's comment, I have read that the bioavailability isn't terrific rectally with some of these products and that sometimes it has to be derivatized or the carrier oil matters a lot more. Depending. Yeah, um,
2: I think that's very true. The carrier oil does seem to have a lot, a lot of um, variability rectally Mm. and i would assume it would be the same thing vaginally um uh, just because you have to pass that mucosal layer Mm. um so that's why i mean you wouldn't want to use something alcohol-based probably would absorb better but that's gonna burn like the (laughs) dickens so we don't recommend that
0: i've read about alcohol absorption uh rectally uh it seems to come up every now and then
1: Uh, (laughs) oh my god! they used to have alcohol tampons yeah, that's yeah. exactly
2: what I was going to say. Yeah. That's like a new thing. That's crazy. Isn't it nuts? It's like, yeah.
0: So when, <laughs> when people use either a vaginal or a rectal suppository, is this something you want to like use and then like go jogging or like sailing or something? <laughs> or? Do you want to like take some time to chill out and lay down? Is sitting okay using these? Like, yeah,
2: I mean, I would say um, they're all going to be some sort of like fatty base that's basically going to leak out. That's not pleasant. So we always oh, recommend a panty liner. Lying down, sitting. I would not go jogging. Probably <laughs> two pairs of shorts. I mean, you could, but <laughs> well, there
0: there is medication that says like you know causes loose stools. Wear brown pants the first day you take oh, it.
2: Oh so, like, you oh.
1: shotted yourself.
0: Yeah, Uh, Shorted.
1: Sorry. (laughs)
0: So, so sticking with this theme of, um, but so other issues like recurrent infections, like yeast and BV, is there a case for cannabis being used uh, to help treat these things?
2: Not that I know of, really. An area for more research. I mean, especially with like the MRSA activity, I'd be interested to see um, the antifungal activity of CBD. Could be interesting.
0: All right, that's another um, product we idea. We need to add
2: that
1: to the list.
0: Yeah? Yeah. Whoever
1: is keeping the list that's going to make all of us millionaires or billionaires, <laughs> be sure to put that list together.
0: So that, that's <laughs> interesting. That, that definitely is an area for more research. Um,
1: I have a question. Yeah. So what about you know some women hit a certain age in their life and they start to notice changes. I don't Mm. know who I have a friend (laughs) and my friend might be, you know, up there in years and maybe going through some symptoms, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe hormonally related. And is there a possibility that there with the ECS, that there could be some kind of way that cannabis could influence Yes. Menopause.
2: The answer is yes, which is super exciting for me to read about. So um, in several different ways. So um, estrogen is really closely linked to the mm-hmm. endocannabinoid system. So it makes sense that when you're undergoing menopause and your estrogen levels drop, that you're going to start to get a lot of these symptoms, right? Mm-hmm because they kind of work hand in hand. Um, specifically, um, like specific symptoms of menopause. Um, I know THC has been associated with a drop in body temperature. So they're um, looking into using it for hot flashes. No because, yeah, because it can help decrease that you know, body temperature increase, which is crazy. I So I have
1: started using a little bit more than I used to. And I've noticed that I don't have the symptoms that I had a few
2: years See? ago. Yeah, it's crazy. It is
1: crazy. Like, I, I haven't had, like, really bad hot fla I've had a few, but mm-hmm. not like they used to yeah. be. And I don't I, – I just am- – I don't know. It's
2: yep. and like then, I've
1: heard stories and I'm not going through anything that my sister went like, through or my mom. Yeah. And
2: I mean, I think we that, I mean, other than hormones, which aren't safe for a lot of women to take, right? right? right. And then soy, which we know has its own mm-hmm. issues as yep, well. Um, I mean, cannabinoids make sense to me. They help with osteoporosis. Mm. Um, they help with the anxiety and depression and mood swings that come along yep. with menopausal hormonal mood fluctuations. Regulation. Insomnia is Is a huge issue, which we all know um, or should know that uh, THC can be really beneficial for. And women, for you guys, you might not realize this, but
1: as we get older, um, it's really hard to sleep. I don't sleep like I used to. I wake up more frequently. I'm a much lighter sleeper i I have struggles with sleeping, and so that has been like a lifesaver for me to find a variety that would be able to help me right. you know to to have that because every morning I wake up I feel so refreshed I like okay new
2: day you know? and then I mean I feel like the one of the biggest symptoms and this is one that people don't talk about nearly as much as vaginal dryness and lower sex drive, Absolutely. right? So right. use a cannabis lube, right? right. 30 minutes before it's going to increase your sex drive. It's going to be a lubrication. So right. it's like a twofer.
1: Right. <laughs> twofer, right? It's like
2: a win-win, right? <laughs> so because that's
1: for women who get older. They're, uh, vaginal walls actually thin mm-hmm. and it leads to painful intercourse so if you if you could think of if you've been with someone of a certain age that that's kind of some of the issues that women experience a lot of so it's also then impacts you not it conditions you not to want to have sex exactly because and it's then painful. it starts that cycle, cycle. Mm-hmm.
0: and you know is the so THC an increasing sex drive is it because it's sort of replacing endocannabinoids levels that kind of change throughout Life yeah. Well,
2: so there's two there's two ways it works. The first is in the menstrual cycle for women, uh, and this is non menopausal women, obviously, mm-hmm. who are having a normal menstrual cycle. Your estrogen levels drop right after mm-hmm. ovulation, and that also is um like mirrored by a drop in your anandamide levels. So your mm-hmm. natural endocannabinoid levels drop at exactly the same time. And so it makes sense that right after that is when we start to get cranky. We don't yeah. feel great. Yeah. We get all bloated and just don't feel quite right because our systems are completely out of whack. And so we can kind of get those endocannabinoid levels back up with phytocannabinoids. And it resolves a lot of the, not just the cramps, right? Not just the physical symptoms, but the PMDD, the dysphoria, right. the... Right. Irritation, depression.
3: So how do you get to the point where we have women that have been using Mm -hmm. and have gone through menopause and may not have kind of captured all the techniques or they use you private usages to manage their own pain. But it's clearly worked over the years. And we're at this point where it either needs to be shared um, or. You know these new smokers, new folks that are figuring out that it does work. Have
1: some help, mm-hmm. yeah, It How does
3: it go from you know home remedies to this is a regular practice, and or this is the best yeah, practice? Like this. <laughs>
1: yeah, what I, are some to hurdles this, to that? I, I think I think um, Randy brings up an uh, interesting point, and it's exactly that was going to be my my answer, Stacia, is that this is why for me in my position on the podcast, but also um, as a clinician, I have an ethical obligation to try to help people who don't have power. And I am from a state that I refuse to call it by its name right now. It begins with A and it ends with A. Alaska. (laughs) Other than Alaska, but it's in the deep South. And I feel like there's this huge war on women. And so right now I feel so emboldened by my I don't know if we want to call it menopausal state that I'm in that (laughs) I feel so emboldened that I feel like we need to be talking about this shit. And, And that's why I love that we have now experts who can speak to this about this medicine that can be so helpful for women. Yeah,
2: I would love to see more women advocate for themselves. That's I mean, sure we I think I um I had mentioned this story to you guys, but we did a women's health panel and um we were like 30 minutes in and no one had said the word vagina. And I'm just like this is ridiculous, <laughs> y'all. Like we're all women, we're talking about women's health and we're terrified uh-huh. to talk about what's actually going on. And uh-huh. that happens a lot with women. We I, don't talk about miscarriage. I we don't talk teach, about anything like
1: that. I um, used to teach human sexuality. And it was so funny because they had no clue. My students had no clue like how empowering aging was as a female Mm -hmm. because they had bought in like I had all into these cultural cultural stereotypes that really weren't true and just like seeing kind of women change. And I remember having conversations about sexuality and how like when you hit your late 30s, early 40s, that's really where women often feel more empowered sexually mm-hmm. and feel more emboldened and free. And that leads to multiple orgasms. That leads to a whole different kind of level of sexuality that you didn't have before or Absolutely. didn't have that confidence for. And they were so like, no, you're an old woman, you know? And so for me, it's very important for us to kind of like educate.
2: Absolutely. And I mean, using cannabis can get you there. sooner. Right. It takes down those anxiety barriers Mm -hmm. that you have, that fear, physical barriers. Yeah. And so you feel I mean, so much and there's so much conversation around women and sexuality. And so much of it is in our brains. We're worried about what we look like. We're worried about do they like me? And we're worried about, you know, this and that. And um, to have some cannabis on board, not only if you have pain barriers, but those psychological barriers, it just lets you be free and own own your womanhood. I feel (laughs) like
1: it actually led to a lot of transform. Transformation for myself and even coming out as yes, I do use I'm very responsible. I I pay bills, you know, I'm good. And it's I really feel like it's emboldened me to kind of just feel better. You Absolutely. know, and develop that confidence. Yeah,
2: but then I feel like too, if, especially like look at New York, our qualifying conditions, mm-hmm. right? The biggest one is chronic pain. I have to explain to women that menstrual cramps are chronic pain. And they're like, what? I'm like, every month, right. every month that right. counts as chronic. And so you have to educate because they don't know. They right. don't know that they qualify. Um, And or if like painful intercourse. Like, well, I'm not on the list. I'm like, that's chronic Pain. You know what I mean? So it's not just about the stigma. It's about, you know, having conversations about what your symptoms are and how cannabis can help.
0: So uh, chronic pain is a symptom of PMS. And, right. And so, but has that been investigated as a whole with cannabis research? Has research shown some benefits, like in, I don't know, how long it lasts or the intensity or? Anything like that? You mean as
2: far as using cannabis for menstrual cramps? Yeah. I mean, there has been good research that show really positive outcomes for um, treating and preventing, you know, really horrific menstrual cramps. And then just anecdotally in the dispensaries, I see it every day that patients who previously like were in bed and calling out sick um, which is a huge issue. Like mm-hmm. but there's a lot of work days lost for women that yeah. have menstrual cramps. So having something that gets yeah. you out of bed and to work makes a huge difference.
0: Cannabis is good for the economy, not yeah, just yeah. because of the go. taxes. More people working and showing <laughs> right. up
2: for work. And that's 100%. actually
0: that helps to uh, destigmatize it a little bit too, because you might have a stereotype, of oh, a person's gonna use cannabis, they're not gonna show up to work. Here's yeah. a example At exact
2: opposite. And women should know that their uterus has more endocannabinoid deceptors than any other organ. <gasps>
0: Than the really? brain? Yeah.
2: Wait. The wait. uterus. In what I animal? don't have my uterus. I'm sorry. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs>
1: what does that mean?
2: <laughs> He's yeah. going to have to work harder.
1: Really? No, serious. That's more. actually no, yeah. a, a legitimate question what would that mean then
2: i mean i think i mean you're also not how getting, would that affect the ecs you're not getting any symptomatology though either right oh so. absolutely i feel
1: free
0: <laughs> But you, <laughs> well, you know that's, Good not, that's not that surprising because the cannabinoid receptors are the most abundant receptor in the brain even if you talk about dopamine and serotonin and how important it is for, for or it, just like it's Role in pregnancy development and those sorts of things, it, it actually kind of makes sense.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. And the endocannabinoid system does play a role in pregnancy, just like there's a drop in endocannabinoids before you menstruate, there's a drop um, before implantation. And so, for successful implantation to occur, you need low levels of endocannabinoids. Your uterine lining actually forms these little pockets of low receptor activity where um, implantation can occur. Mm-hmm and so if you are your levels are too high you could really interfere with implantation which is important to to know for wow. for those folks trying to get pregnant out there so it's wow. like
0: thcv which has been purported to be an antagonist and cbd which is a uh, kind of an antagonist you know at the receptor, these could potentially be okay to use and not interfere with implantation. Right, if you have those
2: themselves. It's yeah. anything with some THC in it that could be a potential issue. Wow. But then, wow. there's, so there's a really interesting study that... um Kind of puts that into perspective, and I think um, I I was a fertility specialty pharmacist for several years. Oh my
1: god!
2: Wow. <laughs> um, which I don't think we talked about. No. But um, so when people are trying to get pregnant, they will do just about anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you read something that's like cannabis might help, they're like I'm going to smoke every day. Um, so I think it's really <sighs> important to like mm. understand that it might interfere. But if we look bigger picture, right? Uh, there was a really interesting study, and they followed couples. Um, like half the couples did not consume and the other half did consume cannabis. And what they found was that the time to pregnancy came out to be the same. And they're like, huh, that doesn't make sense because we know that um, cannabis can affect implantation. So they expected the cannabis group to come out lower. And what they saw was that the cannabis group was having way more sex.
3: (laughs) Exactly.
2: And so it's really interesting uh, to look at the big picture, right? If you're one of those couples that like you're so stressed out by trying to get pregnant that you just don't want to even look at each other. You're like, I can't at, this is work I cannot do this then ca- if cannabis facilitates more intercourse then that's great you know but if you know that implantation is your issue which they can drill down now and they know um, you probably want to avoid consuming um, to sort of increase your chances mm-hmm. so it's very nuanced you have to look at all the different angles
1: wow I feel like we're educating you guys definitely <laughs> or, or are we no, just I'm, boring you no
3: no I'm taking mental notes yeah <laughs> So,
1: are, <laughs> I love that look on your face right there, Randy. That was funny.
0: Are there um, significant hurdles to either developing more products for women or just studying women's health issues? Because you sent along a very interesting paper before the show about biases and. In, in biomedical mm-hmm. research where it's definitely favored towards looking for treatments for straight white males not so much minorities or women even in animal studies yeah. they use male rats male five mice five to one yeah. is the
2: ratio, mm. which is just crazy town mm-hmm. and when it comes to cannabis too so because of that connection with estrogen women are innately more sensitive to thc um so whenever your estrogen levels are high um THC, you're going to be way more sensitive to. Um, so it's really interesting. And especially with cannabis, we need more uh, gender-based studies. Yeah. studies. I mean, in, in the industry in general, because right. um, our biochemistry is just so different. I right. mean, this is
3: a lot of information. I used to hear from old West Indian women that were doing these practices for years. It's just that, you know, people, they were in a segment where the knowledge didn't get shared past their own community. Right. And uh Abs- I mean, you're, you're right. I think every, every
2: ancient culture that I've come across, women were using it for, for menstrual cramps, for, really? yeah, for, so for an labor anthrop- and delivery. It helps increase, um, it helps prevent early contractions. And then later in delivery, it helps increase the force of contractions. Wait, well,
1: can I ask you about pregnancy then? Yeah. Is it safe to use cannabis or not to
2: so, are pregnant? Because yeah. I,
1: I have to tell you, I, it freaks me out. You know, it worries me because I, as someone who teaches human development at NYU, I I, I think about like, it makes me nervous because we know that anything out, you know, that's exogenous could actually impact the fetal development. Yeah, 100%. So
2: So I think that there's been a lot of free-flowing cannabis in pregnancy is great conversation. And I always dial back. Um, And I look at it from a pharmaceutical perspective because I'm a pharmacist. So I guess that makes <laughs> sense. Um, but I equate cannabis the same way that I look at antidepressants or antipsychotics or anti-seizure medications. And so the way, so first of all, We don't study medication in pregnant women. That's a bad idea. So just so everyone is aware, that's not done. So what usually happens is we look back at mothers who admit to using certain things, and that's how they sort of figure out how to classify pregnancy categories. And then they'll also do animal studies to show if they show birth defect issues in animals. And so each drug gets a class of risk in pregnancy, Right. right? So- when we talk about medications it's always a risk versus benefit so the risk to the mother versus the benefit, the risk to the baby versus the benefit. So if you have a mother who uh, is on an antidepressant and says ha- say has like an anxiety panic disorder, right? And you take her off that medication and she starts having panic attacks, that's going to decrease oxygen to the baby. That's going to put the mother at risk. We don't want that. Right. So we'd probably keep her on the medication. we choose the safest one within that class, but we'd keep her on that medication. Now, if we have someone that like takes uh, Xanax before they fly and right. they're pregnant, We're going to tell them to suck it up. Right. It's because it's not worth the risk. The benefit is not worth the risk. So I look at cannabis exactly the same way. If I have a mother who has hyperemesis, who's vomiting to the point that she has to be in the hospital on an IV, let's, let's use some cannabis and see if we can get her out of the hospital and and back functioning. Right. Um, if I have a mom who has regular morning sickness, not so much. And then we're always going to air higher on the side of CBD, low, the lowest THC we can to minimize the risk. But, um, it's not, it's not a free for all safe for all it's, never, it's not been shown to be teratogenic so that means there hasn't been any birth defects shown right. not
0: like thalidomide exactly. or some of the other drugs that exactly people I've heard doctors compare cannabis in pregnancy to thalidomide so um, I was going to no. yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> and the other I mean interestingly there are a lot of studies on this and initially they were showing a lot of low birth weight and low head circumference which are just like poor outcomes for babies right, right. Um, and then these researchers went back and looked at all those studies again and adjusted for tobacco Smoke because a lot of these mothers that were consuming cannabis were also smoking cigarettes, mm. and we know that tobacco smoke causes those Low two birth things. Babies. So when they took yep. that out, no, no adverse outcomes no ad from cannabis. So
3: babies with small heads were born from that, Malcolm. Um,
2: well, it
1: was because of the nicotine. or the yeah tobacco, tobacco. tobacco, the tobacco. So that's the thing they tobacco. were trying to
2: say it was the cannabis. Yep. But when they went back and in they were like, actually, threat. they were smoking cigarettes. Let's yep. remove that data. Everything came out fine in the cannabis yeah. infants. So, True.
1: so it was tobacco, not cannabis. Yeah. So what the we effects.
2: what we don't know is later in life the outcomes for those kids. And there have been studies in Jamaica that have shown the children actually came out with better outcomes. And there have been studies that show the exact opposite. But the answer is we don't really know. So we want to minimize the risk. Yeah, so that's my take.
0: So, if my mother had not used cannabis with me when I was in the womb, might I have earned like another PhD? Is that?
2: I mean, it's (laughs) possible. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly, (laughs) clearly (laughs) you're deficient. So, I I can't even imagine what that would be
1: like. (laughs) Oh, Randy, blame
0: on Ma.
3: Yeah,
1: (laughs) it's always the mom's fault. Um, I'm a therapist. I should know. And I
0: think you know. You bring up a. Beautiful point about tobacco, um, and this is a problem with European research, especially research coming out of New Zealand, because when you read, oh, people were smoking joints and had this outcome, a joint over there is tobacco with a yeah, little bit right. of cannabis. And so you always have to think about cultural use, cultural mm-hmm. aspects, and those confounding factors. And I generally think about cannabis... um you know, as a factor in everything, whether we're talking about development or psychosis, it's probably not at the root cause of a lot of, you know, nefarious outcomes. Right. But it is a factor and it is an interesting factor. And we don't have, you know, the way I like to look at it is we can't predict what will happen uh, if someone uses cannabis during pregnancy. Because like a certain, you know, in, in breast milk, there's a ton of endocannabinoids. Oh, absolutely. And they have the same pharmacologically speaking, looking at a you know, on paper, they have the same activities as THC to stimulate hunger and these other things. What's Does the body know the difference at the GPCR, at the receptor level? But obviously, you know, would you say that when you talk about THC in pregnancy, there obviously are some risks, but You know, I feel that the greatest risk is still contaminants that might be in those products. Like if you're going to use cannabis during pregnancy, at least you know don't go get stuff at an illegal dispensary that might, you know, you don't know where it came (laughs) from, you don't know what's in it.
2: Right. Uh, I mean, that's one of my biggest arguments, and obviously, I'm in a medical cannabis program here, but on the illicit market, it can be laced with whatever, have pesticides, molds. You know, and if you're immunocompromised, if you're a cancer patient, like this is this is dangerous. This is
1: the hard part. So I had a Medical license in Delaware and they sold flour. And that to me was so helpful because that's the way I wanted to vaporize. Mm. And, and that's one of the reasons I've really struggled with coming to the New York program mm-hmm. because they don't offer that.
2: Right. Because so, they're terrified people are going to smoke and smoking's bad for you. <laughs> okay. And right. I get that. But
0: in, in surgery, you know. only inhaled products are delivered. So when people say there are no inhaled medicines, it's actually majority of medicines in clinical settings are delivered through inhalation. I was like, my mind was blown when I yeah.
3: heard that.
2: And the bioavailability yeah. is so much greater. With I think inhalation. it's cool,
3: though, if a couple can be a disciplined couple, like you need to be in life at times. Absolutely. And, um, you know, hey, husband stops when the wife stops at, you know, and both of you go through that challenge together also to appreciate what it's like when you're not. So when you go back after that little crying toddler is, you know, (laughs) keeping you up, you're like, wow, you know, um, Hmm. it's stages of life. You can't drink all the time. You know, there's times you've got to.
0: Yeah. I got it. Yeah. So, uh, Stacia, you've done Dr. Oz. You've been on Rachel Ray. You've been doing a ton of talks. What, you know, two, two part question. One is, what are, what are some of your takeaway messages from those appearances? Cause people might go up and throw you into a search browser and pull up these things.
2: So, so those were not cannabis related. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I wish they had been. Yeah. Um, and uh, obviously there's a lot of stigma associated with that as well. So it's, it's kind of interesting to see mm-hmm. what they will and won't. Talk mm-hmm. about. Discuss. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What yeah. is
1: medicine and what is not?
2: Exactly. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, um, the takeaway though is always, um, accessibility of information, right? And Perfect. really, yeah. really clear understanding because I feel like in medicine especially um, people feel like doctors don't have the time for them anymore and they go on Google to get their information which it's is like Doctor always Google. the worst idea ever <laughs> right, right. Um, and so it's kind of cool for in the cannabis space that we have like experts that mm-hmm. know what they're talking about and we take the time with our patients to yeah. like talk about all this stuff um, but just accessible good information which you guys are providing is awesome Aww, thank you and, <laughs> well what? that
1: was why we, we started this we felt like we needed to really debunk the bullshit out there because mm-hmm. I see it on both sides. Absolutely, and we needed some. You know, I, I don't think that cannabis is the panacea, but I think there's definitely a role, and we want to teach people how to use things responsibly, how to be healthy, and let this medicine actually lead to vitality rather than harm. If harm, you exactly. know what I mean. And so, um, mm-hmm. I, I just I appreciate you coming here today. Thank you, know, you. sharing yeah. your. Information with us.
0: Absolutely. And I, we do have just a few more questions, and we can keep asking as long as we want. We got <laughs> the studio time for another hour. But um, how have your talks been received about cannabis and women's health? Were you ever like standing ovation or boot off stage? People <laughs> throwing cabbage and stuff, or like, I mean, is it a mixed bag? Or? Yeah,
2: I mean, I feel like when I first started doing this, um, there was a lot of like, oh my god, she just said cannabis, like in the room, and and you know, you asked when was that? And this was like maybe a year ago, not even quite oh, a year so ago. So you haven't been doing this for a no, long no, not time. super long. Oh, rising
1: rock star, yes.
2: <laughs> so um even just in that amount of time I mean like I would go into a doctor's office like even an OBGYN and they're like get out of here like no we want no part of this and then at the expo we were at a couple of weeks ago I had three OBGYNs with me who wanted to learn more and get certified and use it in their practice and so just that has changed dramatically Um, but at the the panel I was talking about earlier where no one said the word vagina um, once I finally did and I started talking about painful intercourse and there's a couple of sin Syndromes called vulvodynia and vaginismus that yep. people don't talk about, but it's really painful it's intercourse, so muscle prevalent. spasming, and um, like horrible nerve pain of the of the labia. Um, and so I talked about it and how cannabis could help. And I see this woman in the audience, and her eyes are just like huge. And I'm like, what is going on? And she came up to me afterwards, and she's crying, and she's like, I never knew there was that I could use this. She's like, I came with my friend who has endometriosis and she wanted to hear about it. I never thought this would apply to me. And she's like, you know, I can't even get my pap smear without like horrific pain. Um, Or
1: even if they can get a pap smear, because if you have, uh, if you have the muscle contractions they can't you even know, you do can't it even put the
2: speculum in. exactly and she was just like i i had no idea like i think you might have just changed my life and i'm Ugh. like here's my email address i will send you the name of a doctor like we'll get you going and i think 3 months later um she emailed me and she had her husband email me and he was like you have changed our relationship you have changed I bet our you life did. yeah oh but i mean God. like that's why we do this right that's- like beautiful yeah it was it was one of those great moments as a clinician that i'm just like i've made a difference this is yeah. awesome
1: <laughs> well that's when we do the things right, we that need we to do, hear right one,
3: that's beautiful one more special story because that's that's stuff that people like they just run with so let's hear yeah. one more special uh story about a patient who's had their life heavily impacted one more. Yeah. Can you give us one more special? I have to one? do
2: another one. Yeah. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> uh, let me think. Let me, let me try and pick a good one. That's a yeah. good
0: question, Randy. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. So how about a, um, I'm trying to think something that's not sex related, right? Because that's where I keep going back to. Because these are the patients that are like the happiest about cannabis.
3: (laughs) We like happy people,
1: and sex is normal. We don't talk about sex; it's like a dirty word, and it's a very normal thing. We need to normalize Um, sexuality.
2: I did actually have a pregnant patient in our dispensary, our Long Island dispensary, um, and obviously HIPAA. I'm not going to say her name, but. It was, she was terrified. She had hyperemesis. So she was throwing up constantly that situation I was talking about. With and women. that's what Amy Schumer had. Exactly. Yeah. Um I think she used CBD too. I think yeah. she said that's the only thing that helped her, but um, she was in the hospital and she had two other kids to take care of. And so she was just looking for something else. And she had gone to a doctor um, who was like, absolutely not. And so we have a practitioner out on Long Island who's a pediatrician and she also helps pregnant women. because She knows what she's doing. And we had a long conversation. She looped us into the conversation and we got her on a high CBD product and it It treated her hyperemesis. She was fine. She was able to go back to work and live her life. And it was just one of those situations where the value, I mean, obviously the value was in helping the patient as it always is. Mm -hmm. But there was, um, it was a value in, in knocking down some barriers, right? Right. Because her doctors were like, sorry, like, this is it. This is the only option. And I'm proud of her for advocating for herself and being like, no, this is not the only option. I know what the other option is, and I'm going to bust my butt until I can get that answer. And so I was just really proud of her as a a proud woman advocate um, that, you know, she found the help that she needed.
1: Wow.
3: Second, third, fourth opinions. Exactly. Don't just – Just don't just say no.
2: Yeah. And come to the people that know, like go to a, to a cannabis specialist, go to a uh, dispensary and talk to the staff or the pharmacist there. Um. You know, call into our new hemp should, time. We should talk about call into um, our new hemp times. Yes, call podcast. into new hemp times. <laughs> Can we chat about your pregnancy study that we read beforehand? Oh
0: yeah, please, because so, I love this. <laughs> so uh, there was an interesting study published, uh, and I want to get the title uh, right here. But basically, it was um, about what people are saying in dispensaries. And I also found one that analyzed Twitter comments about oh, cannabis, <laughs> um, which is surprising because it was, you know, all over the place. Um, let's see. Da, 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 da. But, um, but yeah, go ahead. Start off. Yeah. With yeah. So
2: what they did, I believe oh, it was in
0: Recommendations co- from cannabis dispensaries about first trimester cannabis use um, published in Obstetrics.
2: And it was in Colorado, if I'm not yes. mistaken. Yeah. So they had, they basically had people pretend to be patients and they called dispensaries and said, I'm pregnant. Can I use medical cannabis? Right. And so they, then they had a few questions after that. Like, "Will I have a medical card. What about that? Oh, well, you know, um, should I talk to my doctor? Like if they weren't prompted to talk to a doctor, they would prompt them. Like, should I talk to my doctor? And, um, I thought the results were really interesting, actually, mm-hmm. that more of the medical dispensaries were recommending it than the recreational, which is not what I would have thought. Mm-hmm. Like, I would have thought the medical would be more cautious, but, like, it's great. Um But at the bottom of the article, they actually, like, write out the actual word-for-word uh, statements that the representatives in the dispensary made. And one of my favorite ones is, well, we know aspirin is safe for babies. And THC works just like aspirin. So it's probably (laughs) fine. And now, just so everyone knows, aspirin is not safe for babies. Oh my gosh. So (laughs) that's great.
0: Oh my God. I forgot about this. Yeah. People would call in, like, I'm calling because I'm eight weeks pregnant and nauseated. Are there products that are recommended for morning sickness? And one of the responses is, let me call my daughter. She just had a baby. Call me back in five minutes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, no.
0: Wow. No. Um, You know, have, uh, yeah. You know, some of them are like, have you talked to your doctor? I don't want to recommend anything. You know, I know what would help with nausea, but I do not think I can legally recommend anything for you. So there were some, you know, balanced stuff, but,
2: but I mean, someone's like, look it up online and then call me back, but (laughs) we we have CBD and weed in stock. So once you figure it out by Google, like (laughs) you're good. And,
0: And you know, uh, you it's,
2: know. it's funny, but it's so scary. <laughs> the doctor will probably yep. just tell you that marijuana is bad for kids and will just push pills on you. <laughs> Maybe you have a progressive doctor that will not lie to you. All the studies done back in the day were just propaganda. I'm <laughs> <And> just like, <laughs> and, you know, I think sounds like it. Read so my this article, is from right?
0: four <laughs> hundred dispensaries and. You know, this gets back to training of dispensary staff. I've seen similar things and I do secret Santa shopping when I used to do cannabis uh, compliance assessments. I'd be like, "Tell me about this product." And I remember there's one guy I wanted to just do like the Bart Simpson like strangle him because he's <laughs> like, "This has the CBDs in it. That's the cancer curing part of the plant." Wow. Oh. I was, uh-uh. I was like, "When I? was this?" Cuz like a couple of years ago I was like, "Can I see your training records?" Like you know, <laughs> like right, but dude. I think that gets back to do you think it's just uh I mean, it's very empowering to work in medical cannabis. You get to see people, it's a lot of them getting a dramatic improvement in their life, and, and they come back. And, and I've worked at the dispensaries, too, and you know, seen people for weeks and weeks and weeks coming back. But even 10 years ago, I was still very cautious about giving any sort of recommendations because we were trained not to, not to be doctors. And, yeah. And do you think it's training that these people need? One hundred
2: percent. I think it's. I think it's absolutely training. Um. And then I. I mean, I would love to see more medical staff oversight yeah. of a lot of these dispensaries. Yes. Like we're lucky well, in New York.
1: I, you're so lucky because so many states don't have this. Mm-hmm. I had um a client. I think yeah. You were in the training, or you were in that forum where I was speaking, and uh, here in New York. And I. I can't believe that. She was taking Clonopin with cannabis. And it, cause I have this issue with benzos anyway. And, and I was with just my? with benzodiazepines, oh, okay. that type of uh, medication. Yeah. And it, it just blows me away. And this is in a state where they don't have pharmacists there, where mm-hmm. they don't have people who are really specially trained. And it's someone with a high school degree and God bless them. I'm not trying to throw shade or anything, but it's just not the same. Love, love not, knowledge. I mean, and some
2: of them know more okay. than me. Like I agree, you know, but they're well trained, they've done their research. You have to read articles and not even just read them, understand them. Like it's not an easy thing to pick apart a clinical study to like get out the nuances. I'm sure if the average person read the endometriosis article we were talking about right. with G protein receptors, that right. they'd be like, eh, whatever. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> so right. it's very nuanced. And um, you know, it's it kind of works against us a little bit. This whole like cannabis cures everything because right. it does. People, well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: you overexploit anything; it's going to eventually work against right. you,
2: right? You exactly. Know, gonna-
0: no, that that is very mm-hmm. true. And I just want to ask you something because it comes up to, to you know a pregnancy and cannabis thing. I just read another one of these statements. That talks about edibles. You know, start with a low dose. See how that works for you, because it would not cross the brain barrier. So if you've got the CBDs in there, um, you know it CBDs. won't. It won't get near your baby. You know it won't wow. get in. It won't cross the placenta or things like that. And I thought that all cannabinoids kind of did. Yeah,
2: all cannabinoids cross the placenta um, and go into breast milk. So that. Is an incorrect statement. So he just didn't even get it close <laughs> right. with the CBDs and the whatever he said. Uh, I'm, I'm yeah. more
3: I'm more worried about the mom that's going to believe that idiot that told her that.
2: I mean, I mean,
0: I know they're out there.
2: Yeah. You know, but there's... And you
1: bring up a
0: a great point because what what you're alluding to is, you know, in this thing they also talk about in the state of Colorado, you are protected. So it's not something, you know, that you have to worry about. They're not going to call CPS like they would have 10 years ago. And that's totally not true. No,
2: it's not true. I mean, there have been multiple cases. And this is where, like, I've trained my pharmacist also to be really careful because there was some messaging we were talking about, like, how do we handle this whole pregnancy thing? Like, do we talk to the doctor who certified them or do we talk to their OB And it's like, well, I don't want to tell them you have to discuss this with your OB because there have been cases where the OB reported the mother and Child Protective Services showed up at the birth to take the baby away because the mother admitted she was using cannabis. Mm -hmm. And that's awful. Mm -hmm. I mean, first of all, it's ridiculous. It shouldn't happen, but it does happen. So we need to really like sit down with our patients and educate them, but not put them in a precarious position where we're pushing them to talk to a medical professional that maybe is going to work against them in the long term.
0: And if you test positive for THC after giving birth, they might. You know, call CPS then too. I read a very alarming report a couple years ago about Johnson & Johnson had a baby soap that would trigger false positives for thc oh wow so they would wash the baby and the baby soap afterwards and then test what oh had run God. off the baby blood and other stuff and well, they were getting like this one hospital in maryland was like everyone was failing for thc and it's not like they trigger an audit like oh 50 percent of people giving birth tested positive we're gonna see what's going on here No, it just kept going and so mm-hmm. this caused a bit of a fiasco, as you might imagine. Wow. So, in addition to whether or not we should be calling CPS over cannabis use, there's just the simple technological thing of do the tests work and are they accurate, mm-hmm. and what do they say about uh, about recent use or things like that. Um, wow. Uh, are there cannabis and women health research projects that you're working on that you can talk about?
2: Um, not currently, but I would love to start one. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. if anyone's interested, yeah. I mean Right here. Right yes, here. Yeah, please. I mean we have we have these the patients at our fingertips, so we need we can't necessarily do like placebo control, but we can do lots of observational mm-hmm. research mm-hmm. and I would love to get on that. I think it's needed for sure. Well,
1: we like to work with people. <laughs> yeah. like Let's you. make it happen, yeah. you know, because it's it's um We really have this passion for trying to change the world you know trying to change the communication the conversation around cannabis and and debunking myths but mm-hmm. also really presenting opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. And
0: speaking of debunking myths, we're going to take Uh-oh. a short intermission in a second. Is there anything else you'd like to say regarding the future of cannabis before we take a short intermission and come back with our cannabis thing Ooh, segment? I'm just,
2: I'm just basically that I'm just like I feel like we've hit the tip of the iceberg, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. With what we've even all the stuff we've talked about so far. I can't wait to see where the next few years take us, because I think there's some exciting things to come. Yeah.
3: And you've yeah. seen all this evolution in one year. Just
2: yes. Imagine. Yes. It's crazy. We were crazy. talking today, Jayhan and I were, I was like, cause he
1: and I have only started working full time because we were both doing other things uh full time since this past August and how much has changed since then. And it's just beautiful. We're in a beautiful uh place right now. All
0: right. All right. Well, we're gonna take a short intermission. Cue the music. Do 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 cue the band. Cue the band. All right. DJ Scratch and Sniff will be here. (laughs) We'll be right back, folks. right. Welcome to Cannabusters, where we're going to test your knowledge of cannabis science, news, and politics. I'm going to share some headlines, stories, and other cannafacts, and I want you guys to discuss them. Tell me if they're a real finding or if they need to be cannabusted. Tell me what you think is real or if it's something I made up watching reruns of The Office last (laughs) night.
1: (laughs) Wait, you're watching Patrick Swayze again? Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> you mean roadhouse roadhouse he is
1: he has gold. an affinity for Patrick's. <laughs> I mean sh- sh- shouldn't we all oh my gosh thank you yeah I'm with thank you, you. No. we, do. we forgot our
0: theme music
1: uh oh <laughs> yeah our theme music
0: <laughs> when you hear strange things about marijuana who you gonna call a I
3: ain't
1: afraid of no joke <laughs> <laughs> I ain't
3: afraid of no joint
1: Oh, my God, that was great. Oh, my God, Stacia. Oh, oh. You better watch out. <laughs> all right, To
0: warm you guys up, I'm going to start with a little can of fact. I want you to tell me if this is true or if it needs to be cannabusted.
2: I'm nervous. I'm nervous. Me too. All right.
1: You know your reputation. I know. Yeah. <laughs> all
0: right. Out of all Americans who currently use any drug, about 80% use marijuana. Out of all Americans who currently use any drug, about 80% use marijuana. Is this based in science or is it 80% baloney? Jan, you look ready to go.
1: 80% bullshit.
0: All right. we. Do you want to say why? Or <coughs> That's just no? too many. It's too many?
1: Yeah. It sounds like you need to watch Patrick Swayze. Yeah.
2: yeah. I say phony baloney too. <laughs>
0: phony baloney. Here too. <laughs> so... data was in a document called Marijuana, the Endocannabinoid System, and the Female Reproductive System in the Yale Journal of Biology. The author pulled it out of some SAMHSA data, some NIDA data, um, and to make this statement. So remember, this is of everyone who uses a drug, 80%. I'm pretty sure
2: I read that. (laughs) (laughs) You second guessed yourself, right? Oops.
0: Well, it's just a Jen professional like, reputation, I'm blaming no,
3: Jamie Because no, I was like, every time, like, always get blamed for well, everything. We have the same logic on it's these like, And I was Jen, like, did Jen, they really Jen. ask that survey that many folks? Yeah.
2: It just seemed too high. Like, it was too high, high. right?
0: So and then this gets into the question is why might it be too high is maybe they're just thinking of one time use two time use what is cannabis use and that so the this uh, data might be skewed. Yeah
2: totally it's because that it does totally. make sense if you're if you have a risk seeking behavior which makes you more likely to use drugs that you probably started That's right, right? so if it was lifetime use. I get you. Yeah. All right. all right. All right. So See, I um,
1: love learning new things.
0: Right. So our, our, next, uh, is, our next one is a headline. <laughs> um, and I want you guys to tell me, uh, is this a real hell t- uh, headline or not? So the Church of England wants to invest $16 billion of its portfolio in weed. Um, is this a real headline or am I praying that you'll believe me? The Church of England wants <laughs> to invest wow. its sixteen billion dollar portfolio in weed.
2: I'm going to go with yeah. They like they like Canada over there, right? Canada, Canada, <laughs> <Right? laughs>
0: cannabis religion. There's a there's a bit of a history there. Yep, yeah, little connection. I say no. So you know, you think the church too conservative to be considering a move like that right now? Financially,
1: yes. Yeah, they're financially, gonna put the,
0: whole, yeah. the whole
3: nut. They're gonna I know put that in. they
1: published something recently that they approved. Or, uh, you know, that it wasn't a bad thing to use cannabis, but I can't imagine them investing that much money. In I it. mean, they yeah. spent so
0: much time erasing it out of the Bible.
1: <laughs> right, right. I know my mother, when she read about the biblical references, she was just like, I have to testify. It's just the cutest <laughs> When you're thing. like
0: 250 shekels of cannabis in, in the anointing oil, that's only like six pounds. But, <laughs> well... For those of you who said it is false, it's time for your ablutions or to repent because the Financial oh. Times reported that church commissioners said Thanks. they would loosen a self-imposed ban on investing in licensed cannabis companies and the restriction will remain in place for investments in recreational cannabis but medical cannabis will be fair. Capitalism
1: is—it's all about the fucking money. I so mean, that's the why they're supportive of it now.
0: Invest in the oh
3: my medical god, licensed it's, it's
1: all think about that. Of course. They recently came out supporting it, and here it's all about fucking money to yeah. these companies. Even the church.
0: And and, and if you don't have to god. pay taxes, I guess you could invest in a lot of. Uh, cannabis yeah. companies uh, uh-huh. uh, no yeah. capital gains there I guess yeah. I don't know quite oh how it works God. with church invests but
3: yeah. it'd be yeah. smart to they're...
0: invest that money with uh, what they're
3: doing on the other side of those little boys and priests so they might need <laughs> oh, that's Catholicism up in the bank
1: yeah that's Catholicism
3: <laughs> alright our next anytime
1: you repress anything something bad's going to happen I don't care that's what I do for a living Speak I was gonna I photos, you know. going to say you're the professional big on it anytime adopt, you repress <laughs> any (laughs) anything Anything,
0: something good's not going to (laughs) happen. All right. Now that you're warmed up, I'm going to give you guys a little story. And I want you to tell me if it's based on real current events or not. And this story is called Raiding Season is Upon Us. So there were a series of raids in California over the space of a single day resulting in the seizure of more than 4,600 marijuana plants a co- as well as um, 176 pounds of processed marijuana, four guns, eight generators, and three water pumps. The official says that this is worse than estimated uh, between 28 million and 40 million on the black market. Is the war on marijuana and other inanimate objects known as drugs alive and kicking, or will the cannabusters capture the truth? So, was there a big raid, a bunch of raid activity in California resulting in confiscation, uprooting of over 4,000 plants as well as 176 pounds of processed marijuana? Is this...
2: Am I allowed to ask for more details? Yes, yeah. sure. I'll where, make them up. Where was this?
0: <laughs> um, if it did happen, it would have been in California.
2: But like where?
0: Uh, let's say... Uh, um, i don't know i
2: know i'm saying northern um, california i'm northern. voting i say
1: yes
0: you say yes
1: yes because i think they're trying to crack down on the illegal uh, markets there
0: that, that is a good good reason yeah.
3: yeah good guess i'm gonna say no just because
1: because i'm losing at this yeah
3: because um
1: uh, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm cursed today randy yep.
3: <laughs> no, it's I, I see some twisted numbers in there. It's outdoor. You're using generators outdoor. You got a hundred. How many pounds? 176. Compared to how many plants? Four
0: thousand. Uh, that's not adding up. Well, they the plants and the pe- weed were separate. They found.
3: I
1: prost- trust you. Oh, I got you. He is a cultivator. Um, yeah, but I'm yeah. An, You're that's, smarter that's than just I am. Where so I'm gonna get say a no. Fuzzy at. Oh but. shit! I'm just sticking with my answer just because I'm obstinate.
0: Okay. <laughs> well. The operation began on Friday, June 7th, as the Siskiyou Interagency Marijuana Investigation Team descended with search warrants on eight separate growth sites in the Brick Mm -hmm. Springs area southeast of Montague in California. Um, Basically, uh, Jan was correct. The The sheriff's office said the proliferation of illicit marijuana cultivation sites has endangered people, harmed the environment, and promoted a major interstate drug trafficking industry originating from within the county. Um, and so, you know, these illicit sites are threats to watersheds, fish and wildlife, affect quality of life, represent fire hazards, and go on and on and on. And even say that these activities have been linked to deaths, including carbon monoxide poisoning and traffic fatalities. So no shortage of things that are reported by KDRV.com on these raids on uh, illegal operations, unlicensed operations. So Yay. people kind of have an idea.
3: These are what we call hillbilly folks. They go up into different areas. Typically a lot of these. Are,
0: if you own like a few hundred acres and yeah. you found some hillbillies with generators and just spraying rat poison and stuff everywhere, yeah. you you wouldn't care what they were growing. You'd be upset. No,
3: they get, you know, that's an issue. Yeah. You know, they're, you're. An issue.
0: Yeah, if you're growing like <laughs> illegal grapes and you're like diverting water streams and exactly. things like that, it really doesn't matter what it is. It's the fact that you have exactly. no regard for whose property it is or the public lands that everyone is supposed to enjoy. Good job, guys.: Good job. So our next not month, for me I: was
2: <laughs> I know we're at least one but, one in one, I think.: No, Just
1: you guys have it. two, and I have one yeah. now. <laughs> See. I think you won twice.
2: No, we no. were all wrong on the first one. Ah, shit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this. Stop, is- Stop a trying D to D look D these D up right. on the internet.
0: The <laughs> D right, now. and
1: I've said that before in my <laughs> life. All right. <laughs> Sorry.
0: So our next one is a story as well. Um, and this one is titled Medical Patients Protest in Rhode Island. So patients, growers, and pot industry insiders rolled into the parking lots of a Rhode Island's Department of Business Regulations to protest what's going on in their uh, cannabis industry there. Patients claim they have no idea what's being sold or what's on the cannabis in those places. Uh, patients saying things like the cannabis is not tested for heavy metals, pesticides, mold, and other things. Um... The state generated $56 million in sales, um, and not one ounce of the stuff was tested for pesticides. Is this story too horrible to believe that regulated cannabis isn't being tested for clinically relevant contaminants? What, what is going on here in Rhode in Island? In Rhode Island? Yeah. Do you believe that-
2: I mean, that's happened in a lot of states. In a
0: lot of no. Is it- <laughs> Is
3: it
1: just I love that we're trying to have, like, a Delphosite conversation. You're
3: cheating on <laughs> No. Oh, my God. My mom's listening.
1: Randy. <laughs> He's
0: cheating again. Is it just a nightmare yeah. that I've crafted to mellow, or is this, harsh did this mellow. really happen? It happened.
2: Rhode Island. They're, I'm saying it happened. They're loosey-goosey. I'm saying it happened. Yeah, I'm... I'm. You know what I'm going to say? Think, no, just, just to be just to cantankerous. Be- yes. <laughs> sometimes you have to be That was my
3: first impulse, too.
0: But.
2: I'm going to say it happened, but not in Rhode Island. That,
0: that's, that's a good guess. So this was first reported by NBC10 in Rhode Island. Uh, where, <laughs> I think I was you know.
1: there. When did this happen? Uh, last week. Yes, because I was in Rhode Island this oh, past week. I
0: thought that picture looked familiar. I mean,
1: it, <laughs> If you would have said that, the I would killer, have agreed with Jan you. the
0: bomb.
3: <laughs>
1: He's out on us. Uh oh.
0: <laughs> Check that
3: Trump like a good is.
1: protest. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I'm not. I'm not actually shocked by this. And, and I, 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 you know, I can't tell you who, but I've gone into operations where they were taking leftover vape cartridges and grinding them up and putting them into extraction equipment to get Ooh. the residual oil. Um, so Are you f- no, I, I wish I was joking. Um,
1: oh but- my god! You need, we need to have a show one day called Jay Stories, <laughs> no. like so we can have stories of his experiences, mm. kind of like his case histories. Yeah. Mm. That's mm. horrifying. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: So it's hard to believe. You know, regulated Whoa. cannabis costs way more, especially in the Northeast than in other places. Right? It's hard to believe that you'd be paying these prices for labeling and this stuff, and and. You know, I, I'm, it's confusing. Are robust test services just not available in Rhode Island or is it not being enforced? I think this is a is a major issue, but I hope they uh I hope they fix it soon because it's it's really, really not uh looking good for them.
2: <laughs> <laughs> buyer beware in Rhode yeah, Island. Buyer they 'Cause they're they're an open state. Like yep. if you have a card in New York you can purchase you can go, in Rhode Island. Right. So, really? Yeah. So <gasps> all you New Yorkers don't go there. <laughs> Oh, whoops, yep. <laughs> stay here where the products are regulated. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. Okay.
0: Great. Great. All right. So we'll we'll, we'll change it up a little products bit products for... like
2: from Curio.
1: Yes, uh-huh. from Curio Leaf and Like up up the lotion. <laughs> Curio Leaf. Sorry.
0: So our, <laughs> our next one is a headline. Okay. Is it a finding? Is it fiction? Will I keep you guessing or will it be busted And the headline is Raisins. Are far more dangerous than cannabis to dogs. Raisins are far more dangerous than yeah, cannabis to dogs. Are. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely
2: well, that's
1: true. true. So
0: was it a headline? It's a true It's probably a true fact.
1: Oh, you wouldn't <sighs> do that
2: to us, yes, would you? you? Yeah, he would. He just
0: twisted he it.
2: So I'm gonna say no. Are you sure? I'm, yes, I am sure I that I'm going be, to say no. I don't like you stay, anymore. <laughs> say it one more time
3: before you give your answer. We'll, one more time. One more time.
1: Okay, one I'm going to say
0: yes. Raisins are far more dangerous than cannabis to dogs. Am I barking up the wrong hemp plant, <laughs> or am I on to something here? Did this recent Did this yes. story recently yes. appear? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. True. Yes. According to civilized.com, they published this story and did an interview about um, all the things around your house that are more harmful to your pets than mm-hmm. cannabis. And uh, the headline was, Raisins are far more dangerous than cannabis two dogs.
1: <laughs> that was your fault. You psyched me like out of good. guessing he the double, right answer. That. Yeah, he yeah. messed I'm with not, your mom I'm mind. not taking ownership
2: of that. He does that. He it. does, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, that's so why I'm oh,
3: averaging no. a D. That's so why I have a D average right now. Shady
1: yeah. business.
3: You're
0: going to summer school. Damn man. Dr.
1: J. <laughs> <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've
0: You're going to have to learn about marijuana
3: Wait,
1: Stacia's been schooled by Dr. J today. 100%. I
2: definitely got schooled. Okay.
3: Got well, i got out. <laughs> you <position>. did. <laughs> no, I'm at a C now. All right.
1: <laughs> You're getting up there. Yeah. 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 I know. I, I think like you I'm, earned a letter grade. This I think it might be I B, B, B right now. B or I would like to yeah, say B, you B plus. It.
0: You only missed one.
1: No, I don't know. Anyway.
0: All right. So our last Cannabusters is going to be a short story. Um, and I want you guys to tell me um, again. Am I just... Whatever, taking guys for a ride here. But, you know, law enforcement sets up uh, DUI checkpoints on college campuses to educate students on the dangers of impaired driving. And they started doing this for cannabis. Now, is it true that while they were educating students on the dangers of impaired driving, they were not educating them on the legal consequences of driving while impaired on cannabis? So basically, warning people about the legal consequences uh, was not commensurate with teaching people how to gauge and understand their own impairment. Am I just trying to confuse you and swerve all over the road?
1: Did or- you just say confuse? Yeah, confuse. Yeah. He's going to confuse us.
2: <laughs> very Sorry. confusing Which question. i <laughs> <I'm> quite <laughs> confused right now, Jayon.
0: So, <laughs> so, law enforcement sets yeah. up these education things yep. to teach students about impaired driving on cannabis. Okay.
2: So, they teach you how to drive? Yeah,
0: <laughs> basically they teach you how to gauge your impairment. But my thing is, as I'm making the claim that they do not educate about what the legal consequences are of getting caught while impaired, getting a you know what will happen if you get pulled over, and yeah. you. I get,
2: think that's false. I I feel like they're always trying to scare you. Right. Mm-hmm. I was that's in college once.
0: Of, of course, that's part of the scared okay. straight.
2: Yeah, so, uh, okay, so I'm going to stick with you
3: So,
0: Stay did law up. enforcement forget to educate people that if you drive high, you'll get a DUI? Or no. was I writing this under the influence? No, they did not forget. Yeah. No.
1: I'm going to go with the doc and Farmer ran.
3: Yeah.
0: So, while the California Highway Patrol has been <gasps> displaying alerts on signs that read, drive high, get a DUI, according to on an article entitled How High is Too High? Law enforcement Uh at 420 offense was educating on the dangers of impaired driving but did not educate people on what happens to you if you get caught impaired on THC. Uh, So there was no warning about the legal consequences of driving while impaired. So hard to believe, I know. That's why I chose that's that crazy. One. So wow. all of our stories wow. that we wow. read today wow. were true. I didn't throw in a false
3: one. Does that one.
1: mean that you're going to be all false next week? Or oh, I've
3: been saving them, them up. Pattern. So hold on, <laughs> hold a on. Here. Did we have a, a, a weed smoking cop that's describing what it's like to be impaired?
0: I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Like that cop yeah, that shot like, himself in the foot showing gun safety. Exactly. In front of a class. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. That would be a great skit, so, oh, Randy. Just
0: get, you might notice you drive get. slower and the neon signs look Sir even greasy. brighter. And and yeah. I for, and it's like kind of trails off. And <laughs> 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 it just stay at the donut shop. <laughs> That's my
3: favorite joke. Bloodshot oh, eyes. Bloodshot eyes.
1: <laughs> oh, and it takes oh, God. he's driving down the street like five miles an hour. <laughs>
0: and, he's like, and one of the best things about being a cop is you get to eat free in restaurants. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh. <laughs> <laughs> This is usually when it gets really fun around here, Stacia. Sorry, (laughs) we're showing this part of ourselves today. Uh, We were supposed to be on our best behavior, guys.
2: (laughs) You're on great behavior. I'm just a failure. (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry. No
1: negative self-talk here. No. No, no. Sorry. No, we're in the cognitive behavioral therapy.
2: That was fun. (laughs) (laughs) It's really Uh, fun. (laughs) Let's reframe that.
0: Be proud of your GPA. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm definitely going to craft next week's based on what you talked about this week. So I can't (gasps) wait to bust your guys' chops. uh, And for vaginas? uh, Yeah. Oh, right. More vaginas. I love
1: it. Vagina, vagina, vagina. (laughs) I prefer tampon, tampon, tampon.
0: It's the song I wrote for the episode last week. <laughs> <laughs> <He> did, <that. laughs>
1: um,
2: did you really? Is grew, that going to be on our song. like yeah. holiday list playlist? <laughs> I tamper. Tamper. It should the be like group. your fade in and out. Oh, oh,
1: yeah. Grayson, you know it. what you have to do All now. Right.
0: <laughs> So our 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 last segment that we call it mind munchies or food for thought where like people to oh, kind of yeah. maybe leave our audience with a quote something to think about a statement you could even say like hey you know where can people find out more information about you um you know and uh you know I can I can kick it off if you guys like
1: Yeah 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 cuz I I've, I've got a great one today. All right. <laughs> you go first.
0: So um I've two things one is um am paraphrasing um, a, a statement is cannabis is food for the wise and an intoxicant for the fool. Mm. It's my mind munchy for people to think about. And I'd also like to say, um, you know, rest in peace to the New York marijuana activist, Doug Green, yep. who um, wow. yep. I knew from going and speaking at conferences and, um, you know, I finally got that haircut you told me to get. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Just to have long hair and a ponytail. And he being you know a legislative guy, legal guy, was always like talking about image and things like that. So, oh, wow. Yeah.
1: That's cool. All right. Do you have one, Randy? Do Nothing of any runcheon?
0: depth, I'm afraid, this week.
3: I'm kind of shallow, <laughs> dude. <I>
1: mean, <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, smoke no on. deep thoughts. Smoke on, folks. No. Educate yourself.
1: All right. Cool. Well, I I'm going to kind of share a little bit because everybody when I try to do these goof, I'm a friggin' therapist. Don't look at me that way. You know something stupid, stupid's going to come. At me. Stupid, That's That's stupid, a stupid. Yeah, I'm That's so not confused a I am f- confused. Sorry, <laughs> I'm my stupid.
0: my dentures <laughs> popped anyway, out when sorry. I said that.
1: So anyway. Um, you know, my mom raised me to kind of believe that things happen for a reason and, you know, that every cloud has a silver lining. I remember this scene like where I'm crying in middle school because I didn't get to be a cheerleader for the second year in a row. And um, the teacher actually made a comment about my body shape and that it wasn't appropriate. And this, these are the kinds of things that young women have had to deal with because I developed early and and I was always very sensitive about my body. But as I've learned, my mother's philosophy lives on today. And having you here, Stacia, this is where I'm getting sappy here. I just feel like, I'm so glad we met. I feel like I've met a kindred spirit. Yay, I, I feel that way, you know, about all you guys. But you you boys know that because you hear me talk about this all the time. But I'm just so grateful you've come into our lives and you're able to kind of share your expertise because things do happen for a reason. And I truly believe that, you know, us kind of getting to, to know each other is just the beginning of some fun stuff. Me so too. We're um,
2: excited. Thank you so, so, thank so you. much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very
0: much, and we <laughs> can't wait to hear what your mind munchie is.
2: Oh my god, I'm getting put on the spot. I didn't know to prepare a mind no. munchie. Freestyle, freestyle yeah, style it. I do. I have a, a super sciency um, sort of quote that I uh, I reference a lot um, because I think it it kind of sums up the use of cannabis at least medically, um, and you know we're talking about women's health and pain and stuff a lot. And um, his name is Solomon Snyder and he's a scientist that first discovered the opiate receptor. So you'd think he'd be all about the opioids, but he talked about cannabis and he said that there are many conditions um, specifically in women's health where aspirin is not strong enough and opioids are too strong and cannabis kind of fills that gap beautifully. And I just love the way uh, as a clinician, he sort of put that because it really helps you kind of look at it in the bigger picture of health mm-hmm. and like where yeah. it can really fall into mm-hmm. play because it's so true, right? Um, so that's my mind nice. munching. Oh, I love <laughs> that! <laughs> Yay. Yay! Good And good job. just a huge thank you. It's good. been a oh, pleasure. You we've guys. had a ble-
1: we've had a great time. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for your guys' participation. Couldn't do it without you. Thank you everyone for listening. Tune in to our next episode where we're going to be discussing uh, the role the LGBTQ community has played in helping to create the cannabis industry and some surprising facts about where the first medical cannabis laws came from. So that'll be part of our topics for the following episode. And you can find us on all the social media handles at New Hemp Times across Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, in YouTube.
1: Alright, thank you and thank you to our Patreon supporters. Don't forget, we need you. Yep. Have a great one.